0: You're listening to Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. I'm Celeste A. Frazier, your hostess. I'm an ordained New Thought Minister who embraces all faiths. I've pastored a few spiritual communities, written a few books, performed in various media. I write, produce, and perform. I'm a visioning facilitator, a diversity, equity, and inclusion facilitator, and with Mystic Magic, we explore amazing guests to so find out what the divine reveals through us and how we may benefit from this magnificence. Stay tuned. This is Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. Hey, hey, Mystic Magic podcast fans, we are in for a treat today because today our guest is John Lawyer. John has faced combat and moved through his entire experience, spiritually transformed. And we're going to hear his story today. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited too, Silas.
0: Welcome to the show, John.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I know that you were in combat. What was the location and what were the conditions?
1: I spent 12 years on and off of my first 15 years of my adult life in combat zones. I was in Kuwait for two and a half years. I was in Iraq and Baghdad for over 18 months. And then I spent six and a half years consecutively in Kandahar, Afghanistan. And it it varied. You know, I spent a lot of time in Kuwait. We invaded Iraq from there, you know, dealing with things like uh, ballistic missile attacks on the camp, things like that. In Iraq, there was everything from, you know, how to deal with rocket attacks or car bombs or IEDs when you're driving up and down routes, that kind of thing. And and Kandahar, much the same, you know, it's the same type of thing that uh that we had to watch out for. I was in counterintelligence. I enlisted in the army straight out of high school. I skipped college and I joined about a year before nine eleven happened.
0: So how did you maintain your peace? How did you stay centered during all of that?
1: I took a question. I think For me, it was, I was kind of completely dedicated to my job. I believed in what we were doing. I have questions about what we were doing now, obviously. Uh, But back then, I I was kind of idealistic. I believed in what we were doing. I wanted to succeed. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to to make the world a better place as it is. So I really kind of just completely like immersed myself in my job. And that was kind of how I found peace in kind of all the noise.
0: So when you shared your story, it's a story of spiritual transformation. What was that spiritual transformation?
1: Well, for me, you know, I think we're always on a journey, whether we know it or not. And I I wasn't aware that I was on a spiritual journey back then. And then after that 15-year period of being overseas for so much for all those years, I came home and I didn't really have an identity for myself. I didn't really know who I was outside of that. And so I had, you know, PTSD and anxiety and depression and hypervigilance, all these things. And I wasn't, I physically didn't feel very well either. And so I had a lot of healing to do. I didn't really know how to do it. I went to the VA. I found a therapist and she happened just randomly to be into Eastern medicine, Eastern faith. So she taught me mindfulness. I wasn't able to completely wrap myself around it, but it did help me start healing, I think. And it, it definitely, I think, would pay, pay dividends on down the line. But that was helpful. That took me, it took me about seven years after I came home to really get my legs underneath me, find space and time to completely kind of start to get past all of that. You know, it took a while.
0: So What, what mindfulness approach did you start with?
1: Well, I would do mindfulness meditation, and I didn't do it as often as I should have, but uh I found that when i when I would do mindfulness meditation, I found that it started to manifest itself in other parts of my life, even when I wasn't intentionally doing it, right so like I would be more mindful when I was eating or I'd be more mindful when I was just outside or put my phone down or, or things like that. so I think that helps and I got to a point where there was so much going on in my life that I couldn't handle because I was worried about all these things. And even before I kind of had my spiritual event, I had a moment where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop being concerned with outcomes and just let go of everything. And so I stopped caring about this, that, and the other because there was, wasn't was much I could do about it. And that was a pretty liberating experience that kind of predated kind of the spiritual moment that I would have eventually. So I think that mindfulness and then, then letting go a little bit helped me kind of find my way.
0: Well, all spiritual growth is about surrender. So what was your surrendered story?
1: Yeah, I was laying in bed with my wife and she was asleep and it was late at night. And I had this profound moment of understanding. I call it clarity or people call it awakening. It has a lot of words, right? And I felt a oneness with everything in the universe and that we were all connected in the same. And I also felt very strongly that we're all saying the same thing, regardless of if we're a spiritualist or an atheist or a Hindu or Christian, it doesn't really matter. And that we should be able to have conversations with one another and, Understand that we're all the same thing and, and doing, going through life in a very similar way, and so it was just this this warm moment of like uh, just complete understanding, kind of.
0: So was that the mystical moment that changed your life?
1: That was the mystical moment that changed my life, absolutely. And I like the the idea of your your podcast and the idea of of that mystical moment. And I'm a big mystic. I I believe in mysticism, whether it's spiritual mysticism or you know, Sufi Islam or, you know, the mystic Christians or whatever. I think it's it's all that divine inside that capital S self, you know. So, yeah, that was absolutely the moment for me. And it did completely change my life.
0: So what's different after that?
1: You know, everything for me is different. I approach the world differently. I was always a positive and kind person for the most part. I had my moments, obviously. But for the most part, I was a kind and positive person. But now it feels different. I live loving kindness every day. I, I live it in everything that I do. And I knew, you know, it's changed my life as well because I understood in that moment as well what my higher purpose was. And I think we all have our own individual Dharma, you know, that's unique to us. And I, I knew that mine was to go, I'm like, okay, well, I want to go talk to people about this. And I wasn't on a spiritual path, so I had to figure out how to communicate with them. So I had to study Read books so I could better communicate what I experienced so that I could understand what other people had experienced and we could talk to each other. And I, you know, I went and read 60 books, I think, in four months. So, you know, just about spirituality because I wanted to be able to talk about it with anybody.
0: So, what was the book that hit you in the most authentic way?
1: You know, my favorite book, I think, might be Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And it's about indigenous Native American Anishinaabe spirituality and that we are nature. We aren't in nature. We, are, we actually are nature. We're part of it all and deeply connected. That we're also young in the grand scheme of things. Humans are. We're not at the top of that pyramid from a, a universal time perspective. We're young beings. And, but just that connection with everything, that oneness, I, I, it's a really beautiful book. It really resonated with me.
0: So how did you reconcile the previous 15 years of your life with this new understanding?
1: I think that the profound darkness that I experienced and was a part of, I was a part of it all in that military industrial complex machine, being part of the darkness, seeing the darkness, it helped me see the light better. I think it helped me understand that there is light and dark in the universe, that we often walk that gray path in the middle, that balance, and we can choose to look at the dark or we can choose to look at the light. We're, we're in between both. So I walk that middle path and choose to see the light. You know, I think that's the the message that I would take away from that experience.
0: So did you move past, you know, that kind of aftermath of war by using your spiritual awareness?
1: I, the, the moment itself helped move me a lot. I've tried to reinforce it by living with less attachment and more acceptance of my past. Um, Like you said, that surrender, Mm -hmm. I think that became a more central thing to my life that got reinforced. And so try not to be attached to things, you know, now meditating more on a regular schedule and, you know, just going through life in this kind of intentional and aware way where, you know, everything seems brighter. Everything seems more clear, that kind of thing.
0: So do you use a particular spiritual practice? to support
1: you in that? Uh, yes, I, I do. I, I'm a universalist omnist, so I kind of believe in the validity of all religions and spirituality and, and faiths and philosophies. But I have my own that kind of resonate more with me. I very much appreciate the kind of universalist aspect of Hinduism and the the Brahman and, and oneness of things, the balance of Taoism and where we are the balance of the universe ourselves. And I also have a few other practices that I kind of incorporate from other faiths and religions that kind of make sense to me because I feel like we're all here to help each other out. And so I, I think it's a kind of a, a mixed thing for me, but I definitely have practices that, that resonate
0: more with me. Let's take Hinduism, for example. You obviously know the story of Arjuna. So I'm just wondering how you might look at your experience as a warrior when you see arjuna coming to his awareness as a warrior
1: i think the bhagavad gita is this beautiful work and you know the idea that you're in this chaos but you can stop living the chaos and you can say okay if i'm living every day in this real world this reality that we all share together if i'm living my dharma if i'm living my purpose if i'm doing the thing that i was meant to do and i and i love it and I'm a part of it, well, suddenly life becomes this more joyous, this more easy existence. So yeah, absolutely. That story in a lot of the Vedic literature, but especially that definitely resonates with me because I think that living our higher purpose, living our dharma is so important because then we're happy, then we're joyful.
0: And there's that moment when Arjuna realizes that there's no real death and that we're helping each other change our clothes when one transitions. So I just wondered if that resonated with you specifically in any kind
1: of way it absolutely does and reading and reading other hindu mo- more modern stuff like from ramana marishi or you know if if i am that and you are that then we are that together and we're the same right so yeah that universal connection through the hindu brahman the, the ultimate being that we keep repeating these cycles of life and i also like that idea of hindu cycles of life that big samsara of birth death and rebirth until we find our enlightenment but i think there's that big samsara of reincarnation but then there are these smaller samsaras in our life that we these smaller cycles that we live that we repeat and we have to get out of these smaller cycles so that we can break out of those larger cycles and ultimately that that biggest cycle of birth rebirth and death and and break out of that to enlightenment that resonates with me as well
0: yeah so when you show up in the world, are you teaching? Are you writing? How are you helping to share this awareness?
1: Yeah, I I very much see myself as both a student and a teacher. And I, I call myself a guide. If I can help someone else find their path, you know, they have their own unique path. And if I can help them find their own light within so they can find their way that they were meant to find, I help do that. I I do that through our spiritual community and from a community perspective. I'm also a spiritual guide and coach as well uh, from an individual perspective. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to help people find their wholeness within themselves, whether they know they're whole inside or not, because they are. And and that's that's kind of my day to day is doing that. And whether it's through our spiritual community online, where people can find a place to talk to each other, that's kind of peaceful and calm, or whether it's. On my youtube channel where I produce videos on how people can live a more grounded and centered life at that intersection between spirituality and the real world because i think we have to live in the real world so there's that intersection we have to live at so I, i'm very interested in that aspect as well
0: so you consider yourself a universalist can you say more about what that is
1: yeah absolutely i believe that pretty much all religions all spiritual constructs all philosophies even atheist or, or whoever you are, I, I think you have a valid take. I think that we're all going to see the truth differently. And so I don't think any of us can say this is definitely the truth versus that is definitely the truth. And so as a universalist, I would just believe that we're all able to stand next to one another regardless of what we think the truth is and talk about it, practice our spirituality or our faith, and, and do that in a, a very... Peaceful and coexisting
0: manner. Now, you also describe yourself as a spiritualist. Can you say more about what that is and how you show up that way?
1: I think when you get beyond the community aspect of it or the the group, I think spirituality really is this fiercely individual, personal thing that we have to find for ourselves. And I think that we should always be asking why. We should always be searching and. I think it's about being in motion with the universe because I don't believe in absolutes, but I think the universe is always in motion and change might be the only universal absolute. So it's about being in motion with the universe, being open to the universe, that kind of thing.
0: Okay. So you were in the army and you were a warfare specialist responsible for coordinating various operations in a special unit in Afghanistan. Were you having. Any kind of transformation in the midst of this, like, or were you having conflict in the midst of this of these various operations, or was that your norm?
1: I was very centered. I talked earlier about our purpose or dharma. I, I believe at the time I was part of this kind of dark machine, but I was also trying to save people and protect people. That was my job. And so I think my higher purpose at the time, my dharma at the time, even though I didn't know what it was, I was living it. My dharma was to do this job and to do it as well as I could. And I, I did that. You know, I worked 110 hours a week, seven days a week. I was like 100% dedicated to this thing. And so I think that really was, it sounds strange, but it was almost this, this spiritual thing to be dedicated wholly to something, whether you're an artist, whether you're an athlete, you know, if you're wholly dedicated to something, it's kind of this transformational event in your life.
0: So tell me about the Kishar spiritual community. What's it about?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's named after the Sumerian goddess from Mother Earth or Gaia. So that's the, the name origin. It also kind of represents the line on the horizon, which I think beautifully encapsulates that journey that we're all on. And the community itself is, I we wanted to create a place that you could have authentic, meaningful connection in the digital age in online. And so we want to create a place where people could come and post things and talk to one another and chat. We have daily prompts to, to talk about the spiritual discussions. We have daily journaling prompts and, and uh, meditation and affirmations, that kind of thing. And it's, it's a place where people can share with one another they can they can talk or they can just listen and read it's 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 something that we wanted to create where we could have these conversations just like you and i are having where we can uh figure out how we can all find open-minded common ground
0: okay and are you online outside of the kishar community how are you showing up in the world how can people find you The
1: entrance to our community is Kishar.org, K-I-S-H-A-R.org. And that's our main place. But we also have a YouTube channel where it's free and open to the public. And we provide, I think, useful videos on how you can live a more grounded, centered spiritual life and kind of find your path and explore the wonders of the universe.
0: So does your spiritual healing continue? Is it beyond the one and done? I mean, is there anything that you discovered since your original awakening.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I discover things every day about myself, about the universe. I think, uh, and I think the healing is always ongoing, even though I I try to let go of my past and try to, you know, let go of that trauma. You know, it's still part of me, so I still I still work on that as well because I'm I'm still human. So yeah, it's definitely an ongoing process. I'm, def- I'm definitely a work in progress.
0: So what what is your dharma?
1: Yeah. My dharma is to help people help themselves, to find that light that they have, whether they can see it or not. And hopefully if someone's stuck in the desert or the swamp like I was for so long, maybe if I can help them find their own way out of it faster than I did, then that's a good thing.
0: You talk about the stream of consciousness. Say more about that, please.
1: You know, as we're raised from children, we're taught all these things that we we have to do or should do or shouldn't do or can't do. And there's all these tribes that tell us, you've got to be a part of this tribe or that tribe and believe this and believe that. And it's all this pull of, of things we are just pushed towards or pulled towards. And it's this pull of society. And so if we can just take a minute, step out of that stream of unconsciousness, then suddenly we find out who we are. What are my values? What are my beliefs? Who am I? And I think that we got to step out of that stream of unconsciousness so we can find ourselves. I think that's the most powerful message that I could give anybody.
0: Well, a lot of people don't know they're unconscious. I mean, how do you support people in even understanding what being unconscious means?
1: I think that's part of the work that I'm doing, trying to, to get that message out to people. I think you do that probably every time you do your podcast, is try to get people to understand that there's more to life than what they're told or what they're shown. You know, we have this magic as children, and it kind of gets beat out of us by society uh, as we grow up, you know. So we just have to find that magic.
0: You talk about grounded souls and how to live spiritually in a material world. What are the tools that you offer people so that they can find that?
1: We offer daily conversation where we chat about it in text in our spiritual community we have uh weekly zoom calls where we have conversations around a table and just talk on on, via video and and discuss it and we have courses that are come with the community that you know if you need to have better relationships or better finances or eat better or be healthier we have ways to kind of find your own way to do that from a very base from a very like simple way to approach it, because sometimes the simple approach is the best to kind of recenter yourself and find that small changes every day add up to this big change for ourselves over time.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is that perhaps you give people tools for expanded living or centered living or ways to eliminate stress and embrace more peace.
1: That's right. That's absolutely right.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming to Mystic Magic, John. I appreciate the work that you do in the world and the many ways that you're able to touch people. And I appreciate that you were open to your own transformation. And I know that your path was divinely designed, that you couldn't have written that made it up. It had to come the way it came because that is what was intended as part of your dharma. All the best to you and richest blessings in achieving your intention.
1: Thank you so much, Celeste. I really appreciate it. And, and same back to you. It's a, it's a great message you're putting out in the world. So thank you so much.
0: This is Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives. Thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to check out our show notes for more information about today's episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all of your favorite podcast venues. This is Mystic Magic, exploring our spirit to understand our lives.